You are listening to a sermon from MCA Church. To learn more about our community, head online to mcachurch.ca. Thanks. Good morning, church. Uh, You can go ahead and have a seat. My name is Keith. I'm a pastor here at the church along with Michelle. Another pastor at our church, and, and uh, uh, I was thinking about this. We're, we're going to share, we're going to pray uh, together in just a moment, but I was thinking about this as, as we, were, we were singing. That line that God didn't want heaven without us. It's a beautiful line. It's, it's a poetic way of saying that, that God made us for relationship, uh, but the reality of our situation is uh, because of sin and, and brokenness in our world, we've been separated from God. And so there's this, this chasm between God and us, but he wasn't satisfied with it. And so he, he came in the person of Jesus. He brought heaven down in order to, to bring the two things that we need most, their forgiveness and healing. If you think about it, those are the two things we need most. We need forgiveness to be reconciled to God the Father, but also we need healing for, uh, for uh, not simply the human sicknesses that we have, but healing for our own hearts that often wander from God. <laughs> healing from the situation that we have in being separated from God for eternity. And so that's why Jesus came, in order to, to bring the forgiveness of God and the healing of God to our lives. And one day he'll return to make all things new, fully, completely. And so, church, I'm saying all of this because this is why we gather every week. We don't gather to sing songs or, 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 or to, to listen to, to, to someone speak every week. We gather because Jesus has done something powerful in our lives. And we sing it and we, we, we worship him because we want to enter that story in new and fresh ways every week. And so thanks for worshiping with us uh, at MCA Church. Michelle and I are going to take a little bit of time. We, we want to pray. We want to pray together. Uh, and we, we want to sp- uh, spend a little bit of time praying for, uh, for our church, uh, for our church family, uh, for our city, and for the world. And so as we pray, we just invite you to add your own uh, prayer. Maybe you have some specific things on your heart this morning uh, that you need to bring before the Lord, and we want to create space for you to do that. Uh, and so... So let's uh, turn our hearts to the Lord together. Jesus, I want to begin by praying for our our church, this this family of believers that that we're trying to walk out this life of faith together. Uh, Lord, in this season, we've been talking about listening for you, for your voice in our life. I pray, Jesus, that when we look back years from now on this season, that Jesus we will see that you've done something beautiful and powerful. That we, from this point on, that we would hear your voice in new ways, in ways that propel us into your forgiveness, into your healing, ways that propel us into your mission. Lord, I want to bring before you some specific people in our church. I think of Bob and Myrtle McKenzie and Lee Berard and Ed Guy. I want to, Lord, there are many who, who need uh, your help uh, as they're sick among us, and, but I bring uh, these to you, and we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would bring your comfort, your healing, and, and, and your way forward. And Lord, I want to pray for the families of our churches, uh, the young families I'm thinking of particularly. Jesus, we pray that you would bless them in, in, in this season of their life, that as they raise their kids, may, may they raise their kids to know your love <laughs> and your glory. We want to pray your blessings specifically on them today. And so maybe, church, as we continue to pray, maybe you have the name of someone on your heart. Uh, I invite you maybe to even speak that name out uh, loud uh, or just in this moment of silence for you to pray uh, that name to the Lord. And so I invite you to do that. Lord, we thank you that you know each person. You even know the number of hair on our head. How intimate is that? 
We thank you, Lord, for this city that we have the privilege of living in. We thank you for the way your glory is declared through the beauty here. And we pray that that will not be missed. Lord, we thank you that even as we have journeyed through listening to you and become aware again of how we have the privilege of carrying your kingdom with us wherever we go, we pray that you would help us to be good ambassadors here in your city. We pray that we will represent you well with our attitudes and actions and the way that we treat the people around us. God, we thank you for those who lead us in this city. We thank you for those who have, like Mayor Bashran. We pray your blessing on him, Lord, as he steps into something different now. We pray that you would be his companion. And we pray for Tom Diaz as he takes on the leadership as mayor of our city. We pray your blessing on him. We pray your anointing on him. We pray he would know your wisdom and guidance as he helps make decisions for the well-being of this place. And Lord, we pray for all of those who were elected in different capacities yesterday, and we pray that you would be their portion for the task that you have called them to. Help us be good supporters of our city and of our leaders here in this place. Yeah, and Lord, we want to bring before you just some of the needs in our world. Um, we add our prayer to the many other Christian churches that are praying this morning for the, the world. Uh, we want to petition you for all that is taking place uh, in the Ukraine, uh, or in Ukraine and uh, in Russia. Uh, Jesus, we pray that you would grab hold of the hearts of the people making decisions that stand against your kingdom. And we pray, Jesus, through your authority that you would <laughs> bind these strong men <laughs> and that, Jesus, you would have your way. We, we pray for your kingdom to come. We pray that the Prince of Peace would make way for peace in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we pray for those who are really suffering on the street level in those places. We pray, Jesus, that your church would rise up that faithful men and women would, would be the hands and feet of, of you, um, and that they would bring ministry and compassion and care. And so we pray your anointing and your blessing on church leaders and, and, and people uh, who are on the ground serving there. We want to bring before you uh, all that's happening in Iran as well. Jesus, again, it's the same prayer we ask that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray, Lord, that you would bring a wave of your... <laughs> of your love. Lord, we pray that you would be encountering people who are living in the Muslim world that need to know the Prince of Peace. And so Jesus, reveal yourself, reveal your love, and again, empower your church. And Lord, I wanna pray this morning for Chris and Angela Hebert, our two international workers who are serving in Mexico City. We pray that you give them wisdom as they know how to lead uh, in that capacity, in that environment. Bless them as they make connections with the national churches, as they seek to equip them, empower them, uh, and to bless them. Um, uh, and so we lift them before you in all their needs, uh, whatever they may be. And uh, we thank you that we can be your church, Lord Jesus. Uh, and we know that when we pray, you hear, and you're always active. And so we commit these things to you, and we pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, team. I'm going to grab a couple things here uh, as I give a few announcements. Uh, Michelle's uh, staying with me. We've got, uh, just as a heads up, um, Michelle and I are going to be opening God's Word and reflecting on it together this morning. So this is kind of like a team teach. Uh, we're doing something a little unusual. Thanks, Brendan. Uh, and so, uh, but, um, but before we get there, just a few quick announcements for you. Uh, the, the first is a, that, the, um, uh, that the AGM is taking place on October the 30th uh, here coming up in a few Sundays, uh, and uh, the AGM reports are all available. Uh, I printed a few, and they're at the welcome desk, uh, but, um, uh, but you can get them online. It saves a little bit of paper, so if you're able to do that, that's great. Uh, you can go on our website. I sent out an email last night if you're part of our e-bulletin, uh, and so I just want to encourage you to check those out uh, and be here for the AGM. Uh, also, uh, want to uh, mention that we have a membership class 
uh, coming up. Uh, originally, I think I, we had mentioned it was going to be today after church, but uh, the date's changed. It's going to be next Sunday uh, after church. And so uh, if you're interested in taking a step and being part of Mission Creek Alliance Church in a formal way, uh, we invite you to kind of uh, come to that and hear a little bit more about our family of churches and our, our vision and, and all of those things. So, uh, so let me encourage you to that. Uh, also, heads up for preteens, if you're in grades uh, four or five, uh, uh, you have a preteen night here at the church. Actually, you're going to the corn maze across the, just down the road there. Uh, it's always a fun time running around in the dark uh, with headlamps uh, in corn. Uh, and so uh, wear, uh, wear some good footwear uh, and, uh, uh, and you'll have a great time. Sorry, that's uh, uh, the last Tuesday of the month, so it's coming up on the 25th. So mark your calendars if you're in grades four or five. Okay. So, we've been working through a sermon series called Listening for God, because uh, we want to we learn to hear God's voice more clearly uh, as his people. Uh, and, um, and so this morning, Michelle and I are going to be uh, opening uh, God's word together. Uh, so we're doing something a little unusual this morning. Um, uh, but before we get there, uh, I just want to say that I've been so encouraged. Uh, I've been encouraged and blessed to hear stories uh, and see people who are pressing into listening for God's voice in their life. Right? Uh, some of us are, are pressing in uh, because God has more to say, and I've just I, I've been encouraged. And so, uh, Michelle, maybe at the outset, uh, what are some things that you're encouraged by? So I think one of the things that most encourages me is this sense of anticipation for the fact that God is speaking. And I mean, we've been walking more closely with the people who've been taking the four-week class on prayer that we've been done, but God's been stretching us. It's been uncomfortable sometimes, but there's been authenticity, there's been revelation, there's been a vulnerable willingness to step into the uncomfortable and the unknown with God. And we've seen beautiful things. Just last week, Dave and Kendall shared the testimony of how they sense, well, Kendall said about opening up a door of letting God into that place of that auto ticker that says things that aren't necessarily from God. And as we open the door to allow him even into those spaces in our lives, we have a new awareness of his presence. Last week, too, we talked about the, the importance and the authority that we have as kingdom people, as followers of Jesus, to carry him with us everywhere we walk. So prayer walking has become an experience, an example, and a challenge for many of us in these last weeks. And we're seeing God move and seeing God doing beautiful things. We've seen healing as well over these last weeks. And I'm just really encouraged at how God is speaking among us and through us and to our community because of it. Yeah, one of the things about listening for God's voice is learning to pay attention. God is always speaking, and so we're paying attention. One thing that happened with me this week is I had lunch with a friend of mine, and he was describing how over these last six weeks, he's kind of come to this realization that he doesn't really pray anymore, not like he used to. And it wasn't that he made a decision to stop praying. It was as though over the last number of years, there's just been this slow decline. Uh, in his life of praying. And I wonder if you've experienced something like that as well, like over these last couple of years of this COVID weirdness, that maybe you've experienced just this slow decline in your life with God. And well, for my friend, uh, over these last few weeks, just this call, this invitation to listen for God's voice uh, has been an invitation for him to, 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 to have God start something new and fresh in his life. Right? And it's not like this amazing aha mountaintop moment, but it's this invitation where he's realizing actually there's more for God to experience. And the Lord is stirring in his heart. I had a similar conversation with another friend of mine. Uh, and here's the thing. As we, as we learn to pay attention, God births something new. Uh, and it's encouraging. Another quick story for you uh, is uh, at the end of the sermon last week, I encouraged you to, uh, to think of a couple or a name of someone to pray for that week uh, and then to uh, text them. I'm not going to ask how many people did it, but that's okay. But here's the thing. When I ask you to do something, I try and do it myself most of the time, uh, all of the time. 
So I had two people in mind that I was going to be praying for this week. And, and, and interestingly enough, uh, both of them emailed me about other things. Uh, and I don't always get emails from these two people. And so I trust the Lord was doing something. But one of them emailed me with just a request uh, for prayer, for something particular uh, uh, to the situation he was in. And so as I was praying for these particular things, I, I, I was like, okay, Lord, do you have something on your mind for this person? Uh, and I, I kept thinking about the, the, um, uh, the story of Joshua walking around the walls of Jericho. Uh, and I had really no idea how this applied in this person's situation. Uh, I remember thinking, this is strange, it's a random thought. And so at the end of the week, I, I emailed my friend and, and I said, hey, I just want to encourage you. This might be for me. It, it might just be Keith. It might be the Lord's encouragement. But uh, I just want to tell you that the Lord's put Joshua 6 uh, on my mind for you. And he emailed me back and said, well, yeah, it's been a tough week. Uh, but I want you to know that last night, Joshua 6 is the devotion I read with my kids. And I, and I emailed back and I said, hey, at the very least, just know that the Lord sees you. Uh, these things, they, they begin to, uh, to, as we pay attention, <laughs> the Lord does things, and, 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 uh, and I'm encouraged. I think that's the point. Today, we come to our last sermon in our series, and I want to address something that maybe for some of you might feel a little uncomfortable, <laughs> because I want to talk about listening for God in the unusual. Listening for God in the unusual. And so, turn with us to Acts chapter 10, and Michelle is going to read verses 1 to 23. So that's Acts 10, 1 to 23. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing, he gave generously to those who need, in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa, to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry, and he wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened, and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then the voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill, and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of this vision, the men sent from, by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The word of the Lord. Yeah, thanks be to God. 
Okay, so in, in our text this morning, it doesn't really take long to, to kind of meet the unusual, does it? Right? The unusual starts with Cornelius, who we're told is a centurion in the Italian regiment, which basically is code word for uh, this guy is an outsider of the Christian faith. Okay, uh, And so uh, he's an outsider of the Christian faith. But, but look at verse 2. It says, he, was, uh, he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Cornelius is an outsider uh, in the eyes of the people of God, but he's an insider in the eyes of the Lord. And so because of this, one day uh, at three in the afternoon, he has a vision from God, <laughs> right? It's, it's unusual, isn't it? to have a vision of God, particularly for this religious outsider to have a vision from God. I mean, what were you doing yesterday at three in the afternoon? I mean, think about it. What were you doing? I know for me, I was scrubbing the concrete deck in my backyard at three in the afternoon. I wonder what you were doing. I'm sure that not many of us at three in the afternoon were having a vision from the Lord. And if you were, that's, that's wonderful. <laughs> We'd love to hear it. Uh, but it's unusual, isn't it? It's out of the ordinary. And the text tells us that Cornelius, he has a vision of God's angel who, who speaks to him. And this is what the angel of God says in Acts 10, 4 to 6. It says, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. It, it's, it's an unusual story, isn't it? That God speaks this vision through a religious outsider. And so then what, what Cornelius does is he, 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 he sends uh, men to Joppa in order to collect Peter, to bring him back to Caesarea. And, 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 and what we learn in the text is that as he sends men to Joppa, at the same time, Peter goes up on his roof to pray. And as he goes up to pray, he gets hungry. And the text tells us in verse 10, it says that he fell into a trance. Now, that word is jarring. <laughs> it's really jarring, isn't it? It actually makes our heads spin a little bit. But, but essentially, what this means is that Peter has a vision too. It's quite simply what it means. He's praying, and the attention of his mind is brought to a God-directed focus. He has a vision himself. And the picture that, that, that Peter has as he's praying and as he's hungry is of the heavens opened and a big sheet that is lowered by four corners down to the earth. And on the sheet are all kinds of unclean animals, the kinds of animals that, that no, uh, uh, no good follower of God would ever eat. No Jewish follower of God would ever eat because they weren't allowed. They were directed not to. The animals were not kosher, if you will. But they are the kind of animals, of course, that, that people like Cornelius would eat. Roman centurions, the Italian regiment centurions. And so this sheet is lowered and all of these unclean animals are, are on it. And then Peter hears a voice. And he says, get up, kill, and eat. Essentially, the voice is saying, get up and prepare these, these unclean animals for food to be eaten. And Peter responds to the voice who he, he recognizes as God's and, and says, no, God, I would never do that because nothing unclean has touched my lips. <laughs> and God responds, don't call impure what I have said clean. And this happens three times. <laughs> it's unusual, isn't it? The whole thing is unusual, this vision of sheets and animals and, and the voice of God saying, eat what is not kosher. Here's the thing, church. If we're going to talk about listening for God, we need to consider stories like this <laughs> because they're all throughout the scriptures. They're all over the Bible. Sometimes God speaks in unusual ways, in ways that are unfamiliar to us, ways that are out of the norm, uh, that are out of the ordinary. Sometimes that's the way God speaks. 
And the Bible has lots of examples, lots of examples. But let me mention just two that we see in the New Testament, two others that we see in the New, New Testament. The first is, is the story of the Apostle Paul. Right? Maybe you remember the story of his conversion to following Jesus. Uh, Paul actually recounts this story to some of his fellow Jews uh, in Acts chapter 22. And, and in Acts 22, he, he describes it, and, and, and you probably know the story. There is a light and Jesus' voice from heaven and blindness for three days. It's, it's a spectacular story. It's unusual. But a little later in Acts chapter 22, Paul explains about another unusual encounter that he had uh, with God. Uh, and, and, and I want to read what he says there in Acts chapter 22, because, because there he is describing to these fellow Jews the reason why he left Jerusalem and brought the gospel to the Gentiles. Listen to what it says in verse 17. Paul says, When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying at the temple... I fell into a trance. It's that word again. Remember, it, it simply means I, I had a vision. And I saw the Lord speaking to me. And he said, quick, leave Jerusalem immediately because the people here will not accept your testimony about me. Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And Paul has this, this vision and it's, and God speaks, and it's really, quite frankly, it's unusual. The second story comes from the life of the Apostle John. John is the one who wrote the Revelation of Jesus Christ, the book that we have at the very end of our Bible. It's a really bizarre book. It's a hard book to understand. And at the very beginning, in chapter 1, verse 10, we learn that John is in prison on an island in Patmos, uh, the island of Patmos. And we're told it's the Lord's Day, which basically means it's a Sunday. And so he's worshiping, he's, he's praying. Uh, and as he worships and prays on this Sunday, he hears a voice. It sounds like a trumpet. And it's from, coming from behind him. And so he turns to look at the voice, and what he sees are seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of it is Jesus. And so unfolds this series of of, of of visions that John has that, that, that speak to the various churches that, that he was part of ministering to, and then the rest of the book of Revelation. The point is, it's unusual. Sometimes God speaks in unusual ways, ways that are unfamiliar to us, ways that are out of the norm and out of the ordinary. And here's the thing, whether we're comfortable with them or not, no discussion on hearing God's voice is complete without considering the unusual. It's simply the way it is. And so, Michelle, what do you make of all of this? I want to hear your thoughts. It's real, and it's uncomfortable sometimes, but it happens, and it happens all over the world, all the time. It's, we've heard stories, I mean, my, my history is international, and we've heard stories over the years of God having visitations, particularly in the Muslim world or in places where he has not yet been known. And there's a story, a number of years ago, Murray was at a conference in Malta, and he was told this story. We've also found it documented uh, through different mission organizations. But there's a small village in the mountains of Algeria and one night, one night in 1983, people experienced a visitation from God, whether through uh, revealing himself through dreams, through visions, through angelic visitations. It's like the Holy Spirit went house to house through this village. One night, one village. Have you ever had the same dream as somebody else on the same night? I never have, yet in this case, a whole village experienced the same message of Jesus. And the impact was significant. 450 Muslims in that village converted to Christ. Note, there was no missionary present in that village. God himself visited. That's unusual, but it happens, and it happened. In my own personal journey, in 2004, we had 
served a couple terms in Mexico. We were doing a role in BC in the district office. And we were planning to go back to Mexico, but God began to change our direction to send us towards Egypt. And I remember wrestling. I wrestled for months about going to Egypt. And Murray very graciously said, we're not making a decision until you, are, you know that God's calling us there. And one morning, I went to church. I was late. I had been to one of my kids' football games, came in late. I sat in the balcony, and there was a young lady behind me who I had met, I think, once, but I didn't know her. She had absolutely no idea what was going on in my life. And she hands me this envelope, and she says, I feel like God told me to give this to you. And I tucked it in my Bible and went on my way. And the next morning when I was having my time with the Lord in the morning, he reminded me of that envelope. And I took it out, and she had written this verse on it, or these verses, two verses, Isaiah 43, 18, 19. So remember my wrestle. I'm wrestling from leaving Mexico, and should I go to Egypt? These are the verses. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And it was like God's voice to me saying, Michelle, this is me. Be willing to go. Wow. You know, it, it seems to me that when it comes to, to God, uh, hearing God's voice in the unusual, there, there tends to be two extremes, right? Like on, on one extreme are those who deny that God ever does anything out of the ordinary, right? The, the, that they, they don't believe that God does anything unusual, that God would never speak in a dream or a vision or, or, or whatever, however that works. That there are those on one extreme who deny on the other extreme are, are those, and maybe, maybe you've experienced this, who, who chase, that uh, they chase after the unusual, right? Those who are always looking for a sign or a wonder or something spectacular in order to legitimize faith, right? So we have these two ex extremes, and, and what I want to say is neither extreme is helpful. To those uh, who, who chase uh, the unusual, I want to say not everything out of the ordinary is God trying to speak something to you. It just isn't the way it works. But then to those who, who, who would deny, I want to say that God is bigger than the box you put him in. That God can do infinitely more than, than, than you ask or even imagine. And if you imagine very little, well, it's a lot more he can do. <laughs> God is God, uh, and he does what he does. Uh, and we get to be people who, who uh, stand on the receiving end of that. And so, yeah, Michelle, what do you think? I would echo what Keith has said. I think for the deniers, remember, God is trustworthy and he's good. He invites us to walk in freedom and not fear. And he invites us to walk into com in community. And that's one of the beauties of the checks and balances when we're unsure or uneasy. We can check in with those around us to test and see if this is from God. And for the chasers, the other week Keith talked about that we live most of our life between the mountaintop and the valley floor. And the reality is that finding God in the whisper and not needing the experiences to bolster our faith, it also brings its own kind of awe and wonder. Find him there. There's so much more he has for us. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to the text. So Peter, he hears God in this unusual way. Uh, but I want you to notice what he does next. Because what he does next, I think, is important. He has this vision uh, you know, on the rooftop. Um, and then he takes steps in order to make sense of it. He, he tries to discern what it really means. And this is important. Uh, look at verse 17. It says, while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, right? He's wondering about it. And, and verse 19, it says, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the point is, something unusual happened, but, but he still needed to make sense of it, right? In other words, unusual words, they do require Christian discernment. We need to discern the meaning. We need, we need to understand what it is, because God just doesn't do unusual things just to be unusual. 
It requires Christian discernment. And so, so Peter uh, begins this, 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 this process of discernment, I believe. Is he, and the first step is wondering, Lord, what is this? I don't have all the information. I need to make sense of this. And so then, uh, as Peter is wondering about the, the vision's meaning, he gets a knock at the door. And it's Cornelius' men who have come to, to, to say to Peter, hey, Peter, something's going on uh, down uh, in Capernaum, and we want you to come with us to meet this guy, Cornelius. And so Peter pays attention. He, I don't know. The text doesn't tell us what he was thinking, but I imagine he's maybe thinking, okay, this strange thing has just happened, and now strange men are at my door. Maybe I need to follow what the Lord is doing here. And so he makes this day-long journey to go meet Cornelius in his home. And I can imagine that he, along the way, he's probably trying to process through, what is this? What's going on here? Why am I going to a Roman centurion's house? <laughs> Maybe he asked questions of his traveling companions. I would think so over a day's journey. The point is, I can imagine that he's trying to discern what is going on, what God is up to. And then there's this moment that we didn't read, but I'm going to read it in just a moment, where Peter actually goes into the house of Cornelius, right? And it's like a light goes off. It's like all of his discernment and wondering now becomes realized, Look at verses 34 and 35 in chapter 10. It says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. It's like they're standing before the family. Something finally clicks for Peter. Something clicks in his mind. The vision that he received was actually for them. These unclean Gentiles who are to be included in the family of God. And it came at the end of this, this, this discernment, this wondering. But, but really what I want you to see is actually what happens next in chapter 11. Because there's more to Peter's discernment of this unusual encounter. Right? One chapter later in chapter 11, he actually brings this vision to his peers in Jerusalem. To the people in Jerusalem, he explains it to them, to the other Christian leaders, the other Christian people there. He explains what took place all over again. And at the end, they affirm, yes, Peter, we think you've heard right. We think that this message of Gentile inclusion is truly from God. And the point is, unusual words from God, they require Christian discernment. And sometimes we need help to hear God's voice more clearly. We've been learning that over and over and over again. We need help. And so, Michelle, when we were chatting about the story, something grabbed your attention at this point. Well, for me, as I was reading through this text, too, it, it struck me that Peter was, in, he was willing to engage with the un, unusual, even though he didn't understand it. He didn't shut it down. And I think that is a piece for us or a key as we look at learning to hear God's voice. It, we're not always sure but it's a beginning point, and he didn't shut it down. He stepped out in obedience. He took the first step, and he went with these people, even though it was illegal, actually, unlawful for him to go into a Gentile's house. He was stepping into something unknown and looking for God's confirmation. In my experience, it's that obedience step that is crucial to our learning and growing in hearing God's voice. If we hear him and take the step to obey him, he begins to speak more. But why should he speak anymore if we aren't obedient to what we hear him say? So that's, I think, stuck out to me and is a challenge for all of us as we're learning to lean in and as we're listening for God's voice, let's be careful to obey and follow through on what we hear him say. And when we don't know, like we've said already, when we don't know or we're unsure, there are things that keep us on track. There's the inner witness of our own souls. There's a rising peace or a rising dis-ease that comes when we're listening to Holy Spirit. The Bible is always our baseline. God's never going to contradict himself or his character by what he asks us to do. And living in community, being able to check in with other people like he did going to Jerusalem to check with his peers. Is this of God? Those things stuck out to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell one more story. 
take you back to our calling to Egypt. And again, God does things in unique and unusual ways and often through the body. When we were looking at going to Egypt, we actually went to do a a look-see to see if that was where we felt God calling us. And I remember laying on the bed in the house where we were staying, and it was hot, and the fan was going, and I remember feeling, I know I'm going to end up here, but I really don't want to end up here. And that's what ensued my months of wrestle with the Lord. And as I said, why? Like, why am I so resistant to coming or going to Egypt? And the Lord revealed to me, there were five specific things that I really had a wrestle with as to going. I won't share all of them, but one of them for me that was my wrestle was I had given my life to serving in Mexico. We had served two terms. I love Mexican people, culture, food, all of it. And my question was, how could I ever learn to love another people group that much? Like, I just don't know. It's so different in Egypt. How could I do that? And I was in conversation with a friend once over something different. And Harvey said to me, Michelle, do you remember when you were pregnant with Miles, with our second son? Do you remember ever wondering, how am I ever going to love another person like I love Mitch, our firstborn? He said, what happened when Miles was born? Did you love him? I said, of course. And he said, love expands. And God, in his graciousness, addressed that concern of mine, as he did with each of the five concerns, through five different people and five different ways. And then it was at church on that morning, at the end of that wrestle, that I got the envelope with his words specifically to me. Yeah, the, the Christian community plays a, a big part in helping us understand uh, what God is up to in the unusual. I have my own story. Uh, when I was a pastor in North Vancouver, uh, I remember I, I had been walking with a couple through some, some marriage challenges that they were having. I was doing some marriage counseling, which is really bizarre for me to think because I had probably been married for about three minutes. Uh, uh, and uh, and uh, uh, but, you know, the Lord provides, uh, and, um, and the, this is a beautiful couple who I still love to this day and am in, in, in some contact with. Uh, but they came forward for prayer one Sunday morning, and it was during the worship music. Uh, the two of them came forward. I think we had a ministry time where there was music playing and people kept coming forward for prayer. And as I saw them come forward, I, I knew the Lord was just inviting me to go and pray for them. Uh, and so I went forward as they were kneeling at the front, and I put my hand on their back. And the moment I, I put my hand on their back, it was, like, it was like the Holy Spirit kicked me in the chest with this wave of emotion. Like, I started sobbing. As soon as I put my hands on my back to pray for them, I, I was, like, uncontrollably sobbing. And I was really embarrassed because this came out of the blue. I, wasn't, I had really little emotion other than some empathy, of course, when I, when I came forward. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it, it, it happened for a while, and I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed for myself, uh, to be honest, and embarrassed for them a little bit. Um, uh, and as I collected myself, I simply just said, hey, hey like, just know Jesus is with you, uh, and he has what you need. Um, uh, and so afterwards, I was trying to make sense. I felt a little bit like Peter did, like this kind of thing happened out of the ordinary for me. And I, I was left wondering, like, what does it mean? I'm trying to make sense of this, Lord. And so I went to one of my fellow pastors and, and just asked him, hey, help me understand this. Uh, and he, he really helped me understand that, that in that moment, it was as though God was revealing to me his heart for this couple. But more than that, uh, the amount of pain that they were in. Um, and it actually, in, in the ensuing days, being able to explain this to them helped me minister to them. Uh, and it was quite a unique season in their life where they experienced some physical healing, some emotional healing, relational healing. And, and so the point is that, that, that I needed help uh, to understand what was going on, what the Spirit of God was doing. Uh, and my pastor friend helped me, that's the point. The Scriptures instruct us to be discerning, right? To be discerning in matters like this. 1 John 4, 1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Here's the thing. We should believe that God speaks in unusual ways. And when he does, we should discern the meaning with other people who are walking with Jesus. 
There's one more thing that I want us to see in the text. And that is how prayer is central to how uh, Cornelius uh, and, uh, uh, well, how, how the people that we've referred to this morning uh, heard from God. At least in, let's stay in our text for now. Notice how prayer is central. First, in verse 19, we're told that Peter went up on the roof to do what? <laughs> to pray. He was praying before having his vision. In verse 2, we learn that Cornelius was someone who prayed to God regularly. These are important details in the text. The prayer creates the environment for hearing God's voice. It creates the environment. We see this in the Apostle Paul's story as well. Remember, I, I mentioned the Apostle Paul's story and in Acts chapter 22. Remember, Acts 22, verse 17 that I shared earlier. It says that Paul was praying before he has the vision of leaving Jerusalem to go and minister to the Jews. He's praying before his vision. In Revelation chapter 1, the Apostle John, it's the same thing that happens before the unusual way God speaks to him. We're told it's a Sunday morning. And, and the text says it's on the Lord's day that John is praying in the Spirit. Or, or sorry, that he, that he was in the Spirit. And, and simply what that means is that it was a Sunday and he was worshiping in spirit and in truth. He was in prayer and worship. And it's in that context of praying, worshiping to God that he has this vision, this unusual encounter with God. So, Peter, Cornelius, Paul, John, they all have this vision from God, this unusual way of God speaking, and all of them have this in the context of prayer, prayer and worship. So let me say it again. Prayer creates the environment for hearing God's voice, whether it be unusual or not. It's in prayer that, that we create an environment to hear his voice. It's when we worship him in spirit and in truth that we actually are learning to pay attention to his voice. And in the days ahead, church, I think these two things really need to become our focus. That if we're hungry for more, we need to lean into prayer. <laughs> and we need to open our hearts in worship. Because it's in those two places that we cultivate an ear to hear God's voice in greater ways. Michelle, uh, I'd love for you to finish things off for us and to pray for us as we, as we draw to a close. How do you make space for God in your day? When is it? Is there a sanctuary or a place or a time? If we don't make space, it's going to be pretty hard for us to create it, to hear him. And I think that's a first point, being able to take time and make space, make it a priority. And if you don't hear God's voice, and if you're having a struggle, don't hide. Come talk to one of us. Let's journey together and find the way forward. God's invitation to us is to hear more. He's always speaking, and he wants us to know. He wants us to hear him. He invites us to listen. He invites us to obey. He invites us to worship. He invites us to have hope, to have hunger, to have anticipation that he is and will speak. During our four weeks of the prayer class, a number of people have stepped out and been willing to do the uncomfortable things that we have tried together, and they're finding more. God has more for us. He doesn't want our relationship to him to just be come to church Sunday morning and it be kind of humdrum through the week. It can be vibrant. Every day we can encounter him. And hearing God's voice is really the foundation of discipleship and transformation. Our faith journey with Jesus is meant to be dynamic and interactive. Over the last six weeks, we've looked at lots of ways that God speaks. The, the point is he does. And in whatever way his speaking comes to you, it's amazing. Do you realize the God of the universe? He finds it, you so important and important enough that he will come into our world so that we can hear him. That's worth awe and wonder and inspiration. Many of you knew my sister Karen, and when she was battling with cancer the second time before she passed away, she was really anxious. 
And there was one, you could see it on her, she was agitated, there were many things. And one day I came to her house and she was different. And I said, Karen, what happened? Like, what's, what's this? And she said, oh, Michelle. She said, I was sitting on my chair, looking out my window, wrestling with God. Again, this foundation of prayer. And she said, it's like a portal opened up. And I saw colors I've never experienced before. I can't even describe them. She said, and out of the colors came Jesus riding towards me on a horse in full armor. And she said, he rode right up to me and I could see his face. She said, oh, Michelle, his eyes, they were like oceans. And she said, he said to me, Karen, I've got this rest. And that was it. It was done. The anxiety, the anxiousness was done. She lived the rest of her days with this peace that just was all over her countenance. Was it unusual? Yeah. Was it God? Very definitely. He desires to meet us in whatever place we're at. And he's really good at knowing what that needs to be. So don't discount the unusual when it comes. Test it and see and find God. Today I want to end with a beginning. We're at the end of the service and the sermon, but this morning in my Bible, and as is my practice, I'm reading through a Bible app that's taking me through the Bible this year, but it begins with a prayer of illumination. And this was this morning's prayer. So as we finish, we begin. And so I pray this over all of us. Holy God, word made flesh, let me come to this word open to being surprised. Silence my agendas, banish my assumptions, cast out my casual detachment, confound my expectations, clear the cobwebs from my ears, penetrate the corners of my heart with your word. I know that you can, I pray that you will, and I wait with great anticipation. Amen. 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 I invite you to stand, church, as we, uh, as we respond with our hearts, with our praise, uh, with our hallelujah to the Lord. <clears throat>